Hello, this is Dr. David Stanton, headmaster at Oakdale Academy, and want to welcome you to this episode of Paideia Ponderings. This is kind of a part two. Um, we talked last time. If, if you haven't uh, heard the last um, episode, it's okay. It's, uh, this is a standalone one, but it, but it is a little bit of a part two. We talked last time about republic or democracy, which is the United States, and we made the case the United States is a republic. That is why in the Pledge of Allegiance, we say we pledge allegiance to the United States uh, or to the flag and to the republic for which it stands. It's not the only reason it's republic, but go back and listen to that last episode and we'll give you some many more details. Today, we're going to talk about why that's important, um, much more than the rights of the minority, but the mindset of our founding fathers, the framers of our constitution, uh, and, and what they were thinking uh, as they went through and beforehand and afterwards um, in the foundational uh, era uh, from the revolution on through the constitution and uh, in its early, uh, its infancy as a constitutional republic. Uh, before we dive into that, uh, as always ask you to consider Two ways to support us in classical Christian education at Oakdale Academy specifically. One is through prayer, which we would greatly cherish your prayers for those of us in the classical Christian educational movement. That We are true to our calling to instill character, truth, and wisdom in our students. That we do so in preparing them with a biblical mindset and worldview. And we do so faithfully to God's word. And second way we ask for you to consider if you are able is uh, to support us at Oakdale. We have our big spring fundraiser coming up on May 1st and uh, in mid-April or right around April 12th, we will post some information to our website, oakdaleacademy.com about our live uh, in-person and virtual talent show and competition and a silent auction um, to encourage you, if, if you feel so moved and you are able to uh, to support us financially, you can do that uh, through our fundraiser uh, in early May, or you can always just click on support us or support Oakdale from our homepage, oakdaleacademy.com. And we would thank you and be so honored and blessed by your gift if you are able. With that, uh, sit back, relax, and uh, we will talk about our founding fathers. Here we go. So our founding fathers, um, pioneers in, in, in so many ways. And it is just, it is, it's critical, I, I would say, to appreciate, to understand, um, to know how our country came to be. And there are so many things where People will say, well, your founding fathers, they were, they were deists at best. They, were, they weren't Christians because they owned slaves and America was founded on uh, slavery and all, all these just misspoken, misunderstood um, things that, that were, not, uh, were not true. Um, you can go back to the Mayflower Compact, the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut, the Massachusetts Body of Liberties. Um, they, they, they not only filled with beautiful, beautiful words, they have uh, quotes from the Bible uh, in them. Um, I mean, 1681, 
the Charter of Liberties and Frame of Government of the Province of Pennsylvania um, makes it clear, God, and this is from the Heritage Foundation, God has ordained government. It even quotes Romans 13. Um, and in Article 38 of that document, it says uh, that there are lists of offenses against God that can be punished by a magistrate, including, and I quote from the 1681 document, swearing, cursing, lying, profane talking, drunkenness, drinking of healths, obscene words, incest, sodomy, uh, sodomy, pardon me, stage plays, cards, dice, may games, gamesters, masks, revels, bull baiting, cock fighting, bear baiting, and the like, which incite, excite the people to rudeness, cruelty, looseness, and irreligion. And it, it just, it, it continues with the, the importance that Christianity and the Christian faith played in the early life of the United States. And you go up to the, uh, the generation of our founders, the, the men, the 54 men who would ultimately sign the Declaration of Independence, and they're inspired by so many people that are so often just seen as uh, these philosophers of the Enlightenment that just focused on reason and logic. And that was it. And they were devoid of Christianity and of the Christian mindset. And people will throw out John Locke and Thomas Hobbes and the Baron de Montesquieu, all of which would, would very much um, have a classical education where they would have very much been um, inspired by uh, the the beauty of the teachings of Christ. And so it, it's, it, it's so important to remember that, um, that it was from, from these people that our founding fathers got a lot of their inspiration. So one of the more forgotten um, people that was inspirational was Sir William Blackstone. Sir William Blackstone, famous Englishman, um, talked about, it's, it, Thomas Jefferson all but plagiarized him, the laws of nature and of nature's God. Um, you know, ta talked about those laws of God, the creator of the universe, that they were established for the governments of people, of nations and of nature. And so, you know, it, those are the kind of, those are the kind of things that, that we, we forget about so frequently um, when we talk about why it is important to remember that our founders did have a, um, a, a Christian perspective when it came to the founding. And why does that matter when we talk about republic or democracy? Well, it matters because in a republic, remember, the rights of a minority are always, um, are always protected. So let's go back to William Blackstone for, for a moment. There's actually the Blackstone Institute. And, and the Blackstone Institute talks about Sir William Blackstone, who lived from 1723 to 1780. So he was alive the end of his life the, uh, during our uh, War for Independence. Um, they were, his, you know, his, his inspiration was the Judeo-Christian principles, the Ten Commandments. 
Um, he taught that man is created by God and granted fundamental rights by God. Man's law, Blackstone would argue, must be based on the laws of God. The founding fathers referred to Blackstone, and I'm reading from the Blackstone Institute now, more than any other English or American authorities. And his great work, Commentaries on the Laws of England, was basic to the United States Constitution. Uh, it sold more copies in America than it did in England and was the textbook for early American lawyers in the mid-20th century. As U.S. law was being rewritten by a progressive Supreme Court that finally repudiated the work of Sir William Blackstone, unfortunately. But um, Blackstone, uh, the author of the commentaries on the laws of England, uh, had has just done so many things over these last 240 plus years. Um, and it is critical that we remember people like him. We remember the traveling um, clerics that started one of the great awakenings that inspired the generation that would be the founders of our country. And we look to their words, the, the very words um, of our founders and where they came from um, as they started to um, think about what was going to happen and how we were going to create this, um, this, new, this new country. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so, um, it's just so key to understanding it. So let's look at some of the words of our founders. Um, George Washington, founder, uh, father of our country, said, uh, while we are zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers, we certainly ought to not be inattentive to the higher duties of religion. To the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. John Adams, our second president, one of the signers of the Declaration, a member of the committee that helped draft the Declaration of Independence, said, now I will avow that... I then believe and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God, and that those principles of liberty are as unalterable as human nature and our terrestrial mundane system. Even Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, signer and drafter of the Declaration of Independence, claimed by so many as a deist, said, God who gave us life, gave us liberty. And he said later on, I am a real Christian, that is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. John Hancock, who wrote his name first on the Declaration of Independence so that, quote, fat George in England could read it without his spectacles, said, resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Benjamin Franklin, who in many ways was agnostic at best, but heard some of the preachings of the Second Great Awakening, here said this later in life, here is my creed. I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his providence, that he ought to be worshipped. And later he said, as to Jesus of Nazareth, 
my opinion of whom you particularly desire. I think the system of morals and his religion as he left them to us is the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. James Madison, our fourth president, said, a watchful eye must be kept on ourselves lest we are building ideal monuments of renown and bliss. Here we neglect to have our names enrolled in the annals of heaven. You know, it is just, it's amazing to see how things continue to uh, work their way through. Um, Alexander Hamilton, the signer of the Declaration of Independence, ratifier of the Constitution, said, I have carefully examined the evidences of the Christian religion, and if I was sitting as a juror upon its authenticity, I would unhesitatingly give my verdict in its favor. Patrick Henry, a ratifier of the Constitution, most famous for saying, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. And later said the Bible is a book worth more than all the other books that were ever printed. And so I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Patrick Henry's words there. This nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Because the critical point is that in America, as a republic, the rights of minorities, whether they be political or otherwise, are always safeguarded. It doesn't mean that America's perfect. It doesn't mean that our history is untainted. But it means that we have striven since our earliest days to uphold a Judeo-Christian, a Greco-Roman perspective in our history. And so I would just end with this Quick story, as the framers of the Constitution had, had made their, um, their final vote uh, to ratify or to, to approve the, the Constitution um, if it was, as it was written, um, it is famous that Ben Franklin was was walking out and Franklin um, was uh, stopped by a woman on the street in Philadelphia and she said to the effect well mr. Franklin um, it what what do we what do we have um, is it a republic or a monarchy Franklin always known to be witty, said a republic, if you can keep it. And so that's the challenge to each generation, isn't it? To keep what we have, to make sure that we stick true 
to not just the laws as written, not just the Constitution, which is in and of itself an amazing document that has stood the test of time, but it has stood the test of time because we must remember and must keep the Republic founded upon Judeo-Christian and Greco-Roman ideals. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the importance behind understanding not just the difference between a republic and a democracy, but the mindset that went into the men that framed the beautiful documents that created this nation, the Declaration of Independence, where God's name is mentioned four times, and the Constitution that sets up this beautiful republic that has stood for over 200 plus years, while so many others have redone their constitutions, altered them so uh, dreadfully, whereas our constitution stands alone and remains not unalterable, but remains just as wise as it was when first written in the late 1700s. And for that, we are thankful to the Lord for all that he has given to this great nation but it is still up to us to measure up to Franklin's words that it is a republic if we can keep it. And that is the charge of those of us who have the authority, which is all of the citizens of this great land, to make sure that we preserve our republic, whether we are in the majority or the minority, to make sure that the republic still stands as one nation under God. And with that, I hope you enjoy your day and may it be blessed.